Welcome to Salt and Pepper Conversations with author and speaker David Savage and Pastor Aaron Thomas. Salt, because as Christians, we're called on to be salt and light in a world of darkness. Pepper, because as men, we struggle with things like hot tempers and dark thoughts. Let's join David and Aaron for today's topic. Good afternoon, Salt and Pepper listeners. We're kind of on the pepper side of the month of July here because it's hot. <laughs> it's, uh, hot. it's hot out there, and hopefully these tropical storms will go away. I want to mention our sponsor, Electronic Restoration Services. ERS. Taking what is broken and restoring it to usefulness. That's just perfect harmony with what we're trying to do with our message here, right, Aaron? Absolutely. Trying to uh, get it and put it together, figure it out and put it together. And I, too, just want to say uh, good afternoon to all my salt and pepper people. Uh, welcome back. Welcome back. Hey, Dave, it, it sure is good to be back here again. You know, I, I just look forward to our studio time, chopping it up, uh, talking about these issues that truly plague us as men. You know, I think about how we birth. Uh, this idea, how God birthed it in us, you know, two men realizing that we fall far short of our glorious creator and how he made us. But the communication, the conversation, the dialogue is what helps us grow and be better. So I know we're on them seven, Dave, so you <laughs> might as well give it to us. Uh, help us to become uh, better men, godly men. So what sinful act? A man are we on today? <laughs> okay. Well, I want to remind our listeners that if you weren't able to catch broadcast live, we are on podcasts. Yeah. And so you can go to KKHT, iHeartRadio. It's even on the podcast button on your Apple computer, Salt and Pepper Conversations. And you can listen to our three previous sessions on Sin, Pride, they Envy, and Anger. record us. <laughs> yes. But today's deadly sin is sloth. A sin of defective love because it is not given in a proper measure. So, Aaron, I don't know. You always seem to be going 100 miles an hour in 100 directions. Is sloth something that you feel you can speak to from personal experience? Yeah, well, sloth. Let me see. Let me define it. A lack of effort in the face of necessary tasks, causing it to go undone or to be done badly. Yes, sir. I can definitely relate. You know, just because I go 100 miles an hour, sometimes um, that's to my detriment because I'm slothful in not producing the right outcome, putting in the right time that God wants me to, to a particular matter or subject. God, grinning. Know? I can't stop grinning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, you know, slothfulness is uh, more than just laziness and sluggardness. It's also doing things poorly and procrastinating. You know, believe me, I've had my battles with this sin. And so I think I'll be able to chime in a little bit, buddy. Okay. I think, again, with all of these, we all have... Uh uh, quite a bit of experience, but the sin of sloth is a state of dejection that works like inertia. You know, I'm an uh -oh. engineer. I like this, yeah. these engineering terms. A body at Those rest big words. tends to stay at rest. But this also affects the mind, feelings, and spirit, and not just the body. You're right. It represents a poisoning of the will to despair and a lack of desire for anything, even what is good. Sloth is a deadly sin because it is an oppressive sorrow that weighs so upon a man's mind that he wants not to exercise any virtue at all. Come on. Can you say pandemic? Uh -oh. Now listen, 
Aaron, we live in an age where everyone wants everything to be easy. Let's just ask Siri or ask Alexa. I don't have to go study anything. I can ask these electronic algorithms and they'll give me the answer. But is it the right answer? But during the pandemic, I have to say, you know, who can honestly say they didn't binge watch one I episode didn't. I didn't. after another <laughs> of a new show on Netflix with bag of chips, tub of ice cream at hand. <laughs> Until finally, a message scrolls across the screen. Are you still there? <laughs> do you have to go to the bathroom? You know? <laughs> right. So what do you make of this kind of slothful behavior? Well, Aren't there some proverbs that warn us about the perils of sloth? Yes, there are. You, you know, Dave, the Bible tells us everything we need to know about being a better man in God's world, for God's world, and everything that is against that uh, and sloth is no exception, right? Everything that's against being a better man in God's word, and sloth is no exception. The Proverbs, the book of Proverbs tells us that a lazy or slothful person hates work. It says the sluggard's craving will be the death of him because his hands refuse to work. It says that a slothful or lazy man loves sleep. As a door turns on its hinges, so a sluggard turns on his bed. That a slothful man has excuses he, he makes up these crazy excuses. There's a lion in the road, a fierce lion roaming the streets. I can't go out. He wastes time and energy. He who is slothful in his work is a brother to him who is a great waster. He believes the crazy thing about a slothful, sluggard, lazy man is he believes that he's wise, but but he's a fool. The Bible says the sluggard is is wiser in his own eyes than seven men who answered discreetly. Then seven wise men, he thinks, oh, I'm smarter than them because they're working and I'm doing nothing, right? Well, Proverbs in the Bible also tells us that in the end, the story for the lazy or the slothful, and it says a lazy person becomes... Doesn't end well. <laughs> it does not. He becomes a servant or a debtor. Uh, he'll be ruled over, um, and, and, and he'll be basically in slave labor. He'll be trying to... Uh, uh, procure things be, and make up because he was slothful. His future is bleak. A sluggard does not plow in season, so at harvest time he looks but finds nothing. Right? He risks poverty. You know, there are so many verses that talk about uh, slothfulness in this way of procrastination, of laziness, uh, and, and it's just crazy, man. Well, today's woke world, I'm sorry, I have to say it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> insists that we all must be more tolerant of one another, even in areas of sinful behavior. Tolerance. To quote Dorothy Sayers, get ready for this. Okay. In the world, it's called tolerance, but in hell, it's called despair. It's the sin that believes in nothing, cares for nothing, interferes with nothing, enjoys nothing, hates nothing, finds purpose in nothing, lives Ouch. for nothing, and remains alive because there is nothing for which it will die. There isn't a trumpet note in those people's lives to call them to their feet. Aaron, what's the difference between tolerance and simply not caring much about anything? 
Wow, Dave. First of all, that quote, uh, Dorothy Sayers, you say? Mm-hmm. Man, that's powerful. Hadn't heard that before, but uh, I definitely will be sharing that uh, with some men that need uh, to depart from this slothful behavior. Now, you know, you're talking about tolerance as I understand it. It is my ability or willingness to put up with something, in particular, the existence of opinions or behaviors that I don't necessarily agree with. Tolerance is having the capacity to endure continued subjection, continued subjection uh, to this something without having an adverse reaction, without allowing it to uh, uh, affect me negatively. I tolerate it to a point, but simply not caring or being apathetic is just not acceptable. It it is like um, that passive aggressive man that we talked about in one of our previous shows, which Dave said is on a podcast. So if you missed it, please, (laughs) please go back and listen to it. But that person not motivated to do anything while everything around him falls apart. First of all, for a real man, a man of God, this is unacceptable, right? The man of God we were created to do and to do diligently and productively, right? I must not be woke, Dave, because I really don't think (laughs) – I really don't think uh, either one of these behaviors describes a better man according to God. A tolerant man? No. I, I can't sit around and, and be slothful and tolerate evil, ungodliness, unjustice, unrighteousness, but I don't go out and fight it according to the world. I don't go out and address it according to the world. I'll go out and be productive and be diligent about the word of God, about how God has told me to perform, right, uh, in this world. Um, and I know you know, so I'm going to stop for a second, and I want you to quote the four things of a better man the four oh, our definition yeah so they, they they're all related with w's Come so on. <laughs> we gotta seek his will uh-huh. protect god's woman uh find god's work or do god's work and then the oh man you put me on the spot yeah here, i did you know? uh, change god's well, world <laughs> what, what, what i was thinking was was our quote about evil prevails in the world when good men do nothing right you know, oh so, yeah but, so, but sorry but, but no no that, that that's it all those w's that you talk about um, cannot be done by a slothful man, right? He, he can't. The Christian, the better man, should be uh, supremely motivated to di- to be diligent in his work, at his life, at being involved and in promoting biblical living, right? That's the thing is we've gotten away from a country that was founded on the word of God, and, and now we have all these other principles, and so we've gotten slothful because they continually make excuses for us not to do he is ultimately the man of God uh, is ultimately serving the Lord. And when you think about your that that God is watching whatever you do, work with all your heart and work um, as for the Lord and not for men. If you think about that, you'll never be slothful because you realize that your boss is always with you, that he's giving you the strength to do what you need to do, that he's giving you the wisdom uh, uh, to do the work. Right. And, and that he is a rewarder of you diligently seeking him and working for him. Uh, so you so you. You choose not to be slothful. Jesus said it best. He said, my father's always working, and so am I. He does what the father's that We're supposed to do what Jesus was constantly going. So I don't know. I'm not woke. Um, I'm not tolerant. <laughs> I don't know, Dave. <laughs> Pray for me. Well, I think uh, the other part of that is we're doing it for God's glory. For God's Why, glory. Who wants to be, you know, 
half-efforted on that. I was thinking of another word there. <laughs> but so, so complacency of the comfortable is our sloth because technology has removed, you know, a lot of the industrial repetitive work, and so you know, it's this concept of individualism, really, that that falsely leads us to believe that we can find fulfillment and salvation in nothing but ourselves. Ouch. This, in turn, results in denial of our need for community and relationships. And to me, this is really the crux of it all. We need relationships, but society, the world, the woke world says, you know, we have no need for the institutions of society like marriage, family, the church. The first commandment of this ideology is, hey, look out for number one. We become creatures of the passing moment who are vaguely unhappy in a boring and senseless existence. That sounds... A little like hell. <laughs> yeah. And, and American society has come to love uh, thrill-seeking, pleasure, distraction from entertainment. And on the other side of that, then, they lack reverence for the relations of life. Relationships are where it's all at, where the wealth truly is, to a point where the individual struggles to escape like a fool from his moral obligations to society and these institutions, you know, marriage, family, and community. Right. Relations of life, man, Dave, that, you know, um, just listening to you uh, share that with me, that thought, you know, that that's, that's kind of deep for me. Like, r- really is like when I go through it, I don't know uh, so much if it is a look out for me attitude or a fear of me being put down for being me, right? Our, our society is emasculated, man, right? Yes, for sure. so, so men have kind of... Uh, become unappreciated or associated with all that is negative and flawed in our society. We're blamed for everything, right? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when you try to share a thought or idea, you're mansplaining. I don't even understand that. Like, I, I get, I'm offended just when somebody tells me <laughs> that. You're defining what I'm doing because of your interpretation, but yet me telling you, I don't know. I, I mean, so with that, It's I intolerant. Think, right? It's intolerant. I, th- I, I think men have uh, withdrawn and that they have skated to their Xboxes, to their parents' basement, to stay-at-home dads because they have either forsaken their God-given responsibility or been so overwhelmed and have withdrawn to this slothful, slothful way of operating. Look, if you don't like me, if you don't want to wait, want to hear me, you don't like me, well, I, I'll just do less and do less and do less to I adopt or, or think it's okay to have this slothful mentality. I don't know if this is the answer you're looking for or the response, but how, how I hear what you're saying to me like is, you know, I, I, I believe it's twofold just as you expressed it. And also the other side of it is because of the way that men are treated in our society today looked at. And, and, and so we, I don't know, man. Yeah, it, it is a deep question, but it's, it's more the, the belief in something false, a lie, uh-huh. a lie from Satan that says there it is. you can just entertain yourself. You can stay in your parents' basements. You can watch <laughs> porn. You can smoke pot. You can play video games. You don't ever have to come out. You don't need anybody. You can just please yourself. Let your wife that, work. That's, really, home with the that's really the problem, you know, and, and it's, it's tempting. I mean, all of us have been in one of those corners, you know, at some point. But, but the thing you said and the thing we need to remind the men and all of our listeners, because we know some ladies listen to our show so they can slap their husband and go, <laughs> you need to listen to these guys. But anyway, um, it's sin. Yes. And we have to remember that. That's what we're touching on. That's what these last few shows are about. Again, go to the podcast if you missed them. But it's sin. And, 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 that, and that's something to focus on. The wages of sin oh, are what? Death, death, baby. Death. So 
we will not come to grips with the fact of evil, but we also exaggerate its power to excuse us from endeavor or achieving. You know, behind our sloth, there lies a series of rationalizations. Boy, that's what we're really good at, you know, <laughs> of which the most alluring not and destructive is the belief <laughs> that the evil of the world and of our societies is so great that there is little we can do to combat it. So let's just give up. And this is exactly the point in Matthew Kelly's little book, which I gave you a copy of. Yes, you the biggest lie in the history of Christianity. The narrative goes like this. The world is evil, filled with destruction. Creation is evil, condemning us to die. Life is an absurdity, since we will all end up underground. The evil of our societies, embedded in our institutions, is so big that we cannot hope to control them. It's beyond our concern or correction, so we will retreat to our oasis and <laughs> cultivate our sloth. Aaron, tell us what Jesus has to say about combating evil and not giving up hope. Sloth. We will not end up underground. <laughs> it is given to men to die once and then come judgment. And how to be judged about being sloth. When I think of not uh, uh, not giving up hope, uh, um, when I think of sloth, I remember the scripture that says in, in Proverbs 6, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. The Bible uh, proposes uh, hard work and industry and warns against sloth and slackness. You know, when you're when you're slothful, it's easy to lose hope because you're not doing anything. You're not seeking anything. You're you're just like I, I think you talked about it. Inertia. Inertia. <laughs> yeah. That big word. That's, <laughs> you, y'all don't hear me use the news words. Anyway, that's why there's me and him. Anyway, <laughs> um you know, you're, you're, you're not producing and it's hard to produce and it's hard to understand. Uh, for one to overcome, uh, one overcomer of sloth is, is diligence regardless of the task. Uh, and, and when you're diligent in a task, it will promote hope in you, right? When you're the hope of the finished result, the hope of success, the hope of accomplishment, you know, when you're sloth and sluggard, you don't have that. And, 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 and it, deteriorates other types of hope, you know, hope of a brighter future, hope of a happier marriage, hope because you're not doing anything, right? You, you, you know, you're not in motion. You're not moving. As you said, inertia has set in. Did I use that properly? You did. You did. <laughs> well, I mean, inertia is a body at rest tends to stay at rest, but a body in motion tends to stay in motion. It's just hard to get it moving. Oh, I, I know. My wife tells me that about my weight and going <laughs> to the gym. Okay, let's just move on. No, a Christian man should be motivated, uh, and like I said, to be diligent uh, in his work See, since he is ultimately serving the God. You know, I, I stare the scripture that we're working for the Lord. Now, if we put our hearts into our work and, and into the Lord, as this verse says to do, you know, that I quoted, we'll probably find it very difficult to lose hope, right? I, I really believe that uh, um, us being productive, us being a part of our society, us as men encouraging one another builds hope, right? Our hope is in Christ, in Jesus Christ, and our hope is in the resurrection. Our hope is in uh, God's kingdom come, right? Where there's a future, and I'm building for that future. I'm productive. I'm active in what is to come. I'm hoping for something. But if I'm not doing anything here and now, I, I, I don't see past here and now, right? right? And, and, and sloth kills hope. But uh, being diligent, being productive at whatever you do. You know, we, we talk about many things on this show and many different sins that men plague. And, 
we have to be comfortable and, uh, and satisfied in what we do so that we can uh, continue to move forward in Christ where our hope truly lies, right? And when I say our hope is in Christ, man, if I had more time, we, you know, we could get into that um, more fully. But the fact of the matter is when you're slothful, uh, it's impossible to truly have hope because sloth is a killer of hope, right? right? right. Uh, uh, stagnation mm-hmm. uh, festers and builds death. Right. I mean, really stagnant water. You think about right. a, a, a person that's not moving around their body anyway. You know, yeah, I, yeah. you know well, what I'm saying. <laughs> You're there. BOD, biological oxygen demand. Oh, you know, there so it is. Anyway, yes, that's engineer. I, I'm thinking of uh, the hymn. My hope is built on nothing, nothing less than, than Jesus', Jesus love and righteousness. righteousness. Come you know, on, baby. So, hey, Woo, don't know. get me to singing. We'll definitely lose. <laughs> so, listeners. Well, well, even in secular terms, it's a refusal to be moved, you know, which kind of refers back to inertia. And to be moved, especially to any real endeavor by the contemplation of good and beautiful. And I think this is another lays at the feet of our society. Today, our art and literature do not teach us how to praise and rejoice. There's an emphasis on what is ugly, corrupt, and harsh. All of our television. There's a show on TV <laughs> called Evil with a snake, you know, on the... I, it, it disturbs me just to see it, even if I have the mute button on. It leads to disillusionment or escapism. So, Aaron, you know, how can people learn to praise and rejoice again? Wow, man. That, and that's it. You know, um, we can learn to praise and rejoice by getting off our butts and doing something to affect change in our world. You know, it, it's, it's the small step. It's, it's, that, it's that first motion. Right. That begets another motion. It's getting away from self. First, the first thing about a sin, though, you have to realize that you're in it. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, we we, we talked about anger last week. Right. Conviction from the Holy Spirit. Right. Right. And that's exactly what happens when you realize that you're slothful in a certain area of your life, slothful in ministry. Like a lot of Christians go to church and live productive, but they're slothful and lazy when it comes to the kingdom of God. Right. And and so it's hard to be praised, uh, 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 full of praise and rejoicing when you're when you're not doing something. We can stop being slothful about the gospel and stop being slothful in in disciplining, uh, discipling men. All right, we need to teach people to be doers of the word, right? That that's it. When sure. once you're a doer of the word of God, that affects your entire life. Get men to get away from the selfish inward protect me slothfulness and get them involved in Christian living and Christian doing and that will affect and infect the rest of your life and pull you out of that uh, slothful Whole, sinful whole. You know, in our first show, we talked about evil winning because good men do nothing. You know, you just mm-hmm. quoted that. And, and and a lot of that is sloth, right? The A big part of that. So when I refuse to be slothful, when it comes to the gospel and winning souls for Jesus, like you said, I like to get out there in the streets and share that word and be diligent about the joy and the hope that is in me that gives uh, me reason to praise and gives people uh, a reason to rejoice in the hope of Jesus Christ. That, that's me, man. You know? that, that's what young men need to hear because I, I hear far too many, you know, under 25-year-old young men, teenagers even, that are just so bitter and cynical. You know, they're just kind of giving up because, unfortunately, you know, media has told them pretty much their whole lives now, if you're under 25, that this is the generation that isn't going to have it better than their parents. So they're kind of like, well, 
I'm checking out. So right. I know, Aaron, that you have a heart for the downtrodden, and we don't help people enough because we're letting someone else take care of it. That's kind of what we've done, and now we're in the spot that we're in. So why don't you uh, pray us out you know, on this and uh, speak Amen. for young listeners? Absolutely. Father God, in the name of Jesus, uh, first of all, we come to give thanks to you, Heavenly Father, for setting up this opportunity uh, uh, to just share with men about these different sins that stop us from being men of God. Lord, uh, I pray and give thanks for uh, ERS that has supported your purpose and your cause in our life. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that uh, you have given us a, a, a map, a roadmap out of a slothful, uh, angry, ungodly, uh, envious um, <laughs> uh, lifestyle, Lord, that you've given us the roadmap, and that is uh, to follow Jesus. Um, for that will lead us uh, to the kingdom of God. Lord, thank you for all that you're doing and all that you do. And we ask that you just continue to bless us, bless our listeners, um, bless all those that will tune in to the podcast, and uh, just bless this ministry to continue to grow. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we'll see you guys next time. See you next time. Salt and pepper. Bring the meat. (laughs) Come on back. Thanks for listening to Salt and Pepper Conversations with David Savage and Pastor Aaron Thomas. Tune in next time as we tackle more tough topics to train a generation of better men. You can contact David and Aaron through Salt and Pepper Conversations at gmail.com. That's Salt and Pepper Conversations at gmail.com. 